We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh, yeah. Good beat, Paulie. Devils just tied it up. I was trying to tell Act during the update didn't want to interrupt the GOAT. But, yeah, John Marino just banged one in. 1-1 Devils versus Blue Jackets. KM to PM. Keep McPherson on the Fan. I got another two hours or so. Shout out to Charles Davis for joining me. Obviously, he knows a ton about football. Former player, calls the games. Uh, I enjoyed that conversation with him. Hopefully, you did. 877-337-6666. If you missed it, if you missed it, just go back in the uh, free Odyssey app and rewind. We just talked through all of the divisional round games. Well, come on, man. Get him up. Sorry, I'm watching this uh, this Devils game. It's getting a little chippy out there, Paulie. It's getting a little chippy out there. I was listening to the C-Mac show last night. And, uh, you know, people were calling like, why, why don't you guys talk about puck? Why don't you talk about hockey? And obviously C-Mac explained it very well. And he was like, oh, I know I know how we'll get people to call and talk about hockey. You know, I'll have a show where we'll say, you know, they need to they need to take fighting out of the game. Let, yeah, don't let these guys fight. It's barbaric. He's like, then we'll get a bunch of calls about people. Are you are you kidding? It's been in the game forever. You got to let them fight. And he's like, you know, every other sport, you hit a guy, you're suspended for a few games. Like, you know, Draymond Green punches a guy in the face. He's got to completely leave the whole NBA, go home, be far away for weeks. NHL, yeah, five minutes, go sit in the penalty box, come right back. 877-337-6666. Talking all sports at this point. Opened up talking about the Yankees. Josh Hader signs with the Astros. Oh, no. Oh, no. The Houston Astros. Hey, let's exercise those demons this year. That's why you get Juan Soto, right? Juan Soto's not shook of the Houston Astros. And I I would, would love a matchup against the Astros. How do you get that monkey off your back, right? How do you clear that? Because... A Yankee hater can say, oh, the Astros own you guys. They beat the crap out of the Yankees year after year. The Yankees can't get back to the World Series because they can't get through Houston. All right, well, we'll see you when we see you, Josh Hader. And if you didn't hear my take, I know he doesn't want to cut his hair. I I know that seems like something that, you know, um, a lot of people talk about is not a real thing or, oh, all players know that they got to cut. Some guys don't want to cut their hair. It's part of their look. It's part of their image. I, I wouldn't be cutting my hair to play baseball. And I even heard Boone today on Foul Territory talk about how he, he talked to Strowman. And Strowman, he told him, you know, he's like, hey, I might have to get on you a little bit to, uh, you know, have you, you shave your, your beard. Or if you got some extra chin music, um, you know, you might not like it when I come out there on the mound. And I got to pull you early or, you know, say that's enough. And, you know, like what it, he basically said he talked through some scenarios of being a Yankee and how it's going to go with him as the manager when he met Marcus Stroman. And he said Stroman was all on board. So, you know, you should get over it. 
<laughs> Yankee fans that still are uh, not over Marcus Stroman being a Yankee. Eric Kratz joked about his tattoos. He's like, oh, and this is something I didn't know. He's like, no tattoos in the Yankee team picture. So I guess in the middle of the summer in July when the Yankees take the team picture, Stroman's going to have one of those Yankee turtlenecks and a long sleeve turtleneck to cover up his uh, <laughs> his tattoos in the picture. And he, he cut his hair. So no no worries about uh, you know the, uh, the do-rag under the fitted. I think he's just going to rock the straight Yankee fitted and have the clean cut. So ready to roll with Marcus Stroman, man. Ready to roll with this team. I don't think they're done. I think if they feel like they need another pitcher, if the guys like Luis Heel and Luke Weaver aren't enough depth, I think they will make a trade either for a depth piece or a, a, a number two, a frontline starter. Like, If they think that this team is good enough, they're not going to make the mistake that they made two years ago where instead of giving up the pieces to get Luis Castillo, they pivoted to get Frankie Montas. How did that go? I don't think Cashman is doing that. They're all in. They know how important this year is. And, Man, somebody's got to end the drought. You know, I'm in here watching the Devils. I know if the Devils have a parade, that won't be in New York. That'll be over there in, in Newark. But I know a lot of people are kind of coming back down on the Rangers as the Rangers got owned by the Golden Knights last night. And maybe the Knicks. Maybe it's the Knicks. The Knicks might be our only hope. And I don't know. I think the Knicks are one move away from being a real contender in the East and matching up with the other teams in the East. I just uh, looked at WFAN Twitter and YouTube. Shout out to Gallo working hard, the digital team working hard. They just chopped up my interview with Kazim, with Kaz. Shout out to Kaz, man. I'm going to have Kaz back on. He was on with me last night. I was just so impressed with how much he can just run it up. Like, he can talk about the Knicks, the Jets, uh, WWE, music. He's a hip-hop head. and He's so well-spoken sp- and smart. I just was like, I don't know why I didn't think to have this guy on the fan with me sooner. He was a great guest. I told him, I'm like, bro, you could host the show. Maybe he'll uh, he'll fill in as a host. So um, other things, I just saw Antonio Pierce and the Ravens, the Ravens, Antonio Pierce and the Raiders put out the official video. Like, it, it it's pretty cool. I thought it was tough with Antonio Pierce kind of walking into the coach's office and he sits down at the desk and he says, Raider Nation, stand up. I think he's a good hire. They got him walking in with the black Air Forces. I just think he fits, you know, what they're looking for in a coach. And Josh Donaldson didn't, right? You know, Josh, Josh Donaldson. Why well, I'm 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 saying all the wrong things. I'm thinking about a hundred things. Josh McDaniels. Imagine Josh Donaldson coaching the Raiders. That makes no sense. Josh McDaniels didn't um, fit those guys. Those guys did not fall in line with what he had. In store for the Raiders this year with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and all the other stuff. And we heard about how, you know, he, he talked about the Patriot way. And, um, you know, they had a little back and forth about that. Obviously, Antonio Pierce, former Giant, don't care about the Patriot way at all, especially when it comes to the Ravens now. and The Ravens now. The Raiders now. Still thinking about C.J. Stroud versus Lamar Jackson and what to bet on that game. But, all right, let's get to the calls. Maybe the callers have their thoughts together, together better than me. Dave is in Seymour, Connecticut. What's up, Dave? You're on the fan. Hey, bro, uh, first-time caller, I, I love listening to your show. You're great. Thank you, thank you. The, the, the thing I wanted about fighting in hockey, fighting in hockey keeps people from getting killed. These guys are flying around. They got sticks. They got blades <laughs> on their feet. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, all right? The boards are solid. It's not like, you know, you're getting tackled out of bounds. You're hitting a brick wall. So when tensions get high, a fight breaks out, and everybody
everybody watches it, and it calms everything down. Yeah, it gives guys a little breather as well. I've been to some hockey games now. I was listening to C-Mac talk about, you know, going to hockey games is his favorite live game to go to, and I, I can't even disagree. The, the games that I've been to over at the Rock Prudential Center, it changed my view of hockey. Like, watching it on TV is cool and all, but when you actually can sit there, follow the puck, see plays developing, see these guys skating, it's just like I just have a ton of respect for the sport and the players now. I, I don't think I could skate. The skating element of it alone takes a ton of skill. Then they're they're avoiding guys. They're carrying a stick. And like you said, you could do a lot of damage with those blades. You could do a lot of damage with that stick. And these guys, their helmets, they, they have their chins exposed. They have their mouths exposed. Their noses exposed. You know, it, I don't know. It's a, it's a crazy sport. You got to be a wild man to step out there. And, yeah, I've heard those boards crash in there. And that's how I knew. I'm like, they're, they're crashing against those boards. Like, that hurts. That's painful in itself. And there's no blue tent. I, I just recently saw a, a hockey game where, like, a trainer came out because a guy wasn't getting up. But for the most part, guys get knocked out, and they take themselves to the side. They just get up and skate off and take themselves out of the game, and somebody else jumps in for them. Jer- Jeremy Roenick, he, he had his, his jaw broken and skated off of the ice. Guys go into the locker room, spit teeth out, and come back out. I mean, you, yeah, you kind of got to give them. It's a different it's kind different, of tough guy sport. Than, it's a different level of, of toughness to, to be a hockey player, especially in the NHL, the, how, how fast these guys skate, how skilled these guy, guys are. The, the puck, if the puck hits you, the puck hurts. <laughs> that puck's, <that> puck's <laughs> yeah. got to be, you know, heavy and, and feel like a brick. Right, it's and then and then if you if you if you're if you're not happy with a guy, you take a, a rip, a slap shot rip at the opposing guy and catch him in, you know, wherever, you know, other guys are going to see that and they're going to want to come after you. So you gotta you gotta tone it down a little bit when when it gets too chippy and 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 guys are getting too crazy, you know, with, with the checks and the and the and the trips and stuff like that. You let your two, you know, your two monsters go out there and swing some fists, and everybody gets excited, and then everybody calms down, and then you can play again. Without fighting in hockey, man, I don't know what would happen. Great call, Dave. Yeah, and then also, too, like, just the fact, like, fighting on skates. Like, when you squabble up, you need your base. I mean, I don't know. I'm mean, like, it's been a while since I've had to knuckle up. But when I was a kid, I felt like I was fighting people every week. I was, you know, playing football. Fights were breaking out all the time. And growing up where I grew up, you just, you had to fight. You, you're playing outside. Somebody's going to try you. Whether we're playing football, basketball, whether we're just riding bikes or somebody's roasting you, you, you better be prepared. You're going to fight on the bus every day going to school. And I know when I used to be young and fighting, I just always made sure I had my base because somebody takes your legs out, gets you on the ground. I don't know what you're. You know, your, your wrestling is like your ground game is like, but when you squabble up, you need your feet under you. These hockey players are fighting on skates. That's not, I don't, I don't know. I got a ton of respect for it. That's all. Uh, speaking of, you know, playing hockey, I never played hockey, never skated. I think when I was very young, I went to a, 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 a ice skating rink, and, and uh, it, I didn't last very long. But uh, I was listening to BT and Sal today, and, and – uh, BT put out a video on his Instagram of him knocking down free throws at St. John's. He was automatic. I think he hit like like five out of six, maybe even more. And then he just stopped and hit a layup, and whoever was recording was like, yo, do more. You're hot right now. And and his his form was excellent. So I commented on it, athlete, and I was seeing some people in the comments were like, 
a sports talk show host that's actually athletic, and BT gave me the love on there. He's like, Keith McPherson is pure. And then I heard the show today where BT was giving me love. He's like, Keith McPherson's the most athletic host on the station. I think really it's because I'm I'm the youngest host. Like I, I, I'm, I have my youth still, but I'm washed. I'm nothing compared to what I was five, ten years ago. And then I was thinking about, you know, he was talking about the celebrity, not celebrity softball game. What was it? Uh, Tiki and Tierney versus uh, Carton and Roberts softball game. And I'm like, we need to get another softball game, but I'd rather get another charity, like, basketball game going. Like, let's hoop. Let's hoop. I, I mean, it's too cold right now for outdoors. So if we could find an indoor basketball court, I would love to set up a, a five-on-five, I don't know, something where we do a WFAN uh, charity basketball game. I'm, I'm really a football player, but I can hoop a little bit too. I, I, used, to, I used to play AU basketball. Uh, I used to love basketball. Honestly, when I was younger, before I had the uh, puberty years, I thought I was going to be more of a basketball player. I had a better handle, better shot. Then I just grew. I got taller, and it just basketball wasn't the same. And I was kind of in between where I was like, do I try and be a big or do I try and, you know, play point guard? Obviously playing, you know, quarterback and point guard, there's some similarities there. But, yeah, I would love to get a, a WFAM basketball game going. Really, even a flag football game. That's my lane right there. I know – um Boomer and Geo and those guys had a, a whole flag football game at St. John Vianney. I was out on paternity leave when they had that. But I'm like, St. John Vianney, like that's short conference. St. John Vianney High School, that's like 20 minutes from my high school. So if they do that again this year, you know, I, I know a guy that could uh, could sling it a little bit. And I'm 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 working on my, uh, you know, physique this year. I'm trying to be in, in better shape this year. Boy, dad, no dad bod. Like if we set up that flag football game or WFAN charity basketball game, I'm ready to go. I don't know how long I'm going to be athletic. Like, I, I think I got, like, five more years of athleticism left. But uh, shout out to BT for, for giving me love. I, I I would love to set up a game with, like, <laughs> Evan. You guys have seen Evan do his uh, three-point shot, foul shot layup challenge. And I think we all got to see each other in the softball game. I, I wasn't much of a, a baseball player growing up. I kind of gave up on that. Um in like you know sixth seventh grade, but in the softball game, no lie, you know I was I was I was you know making outs, getting some putouts in the outfield. I think I started off four for four. I was doing my thing. Um, who was it? Uh, Carton's guy that's on his show, um, David Jacoby. David Jacoby at first base. He's like, yo, you're gonna win MVP, and then Craig finessed us. We end up playing like eighteen. Innings out there, the first Craig's like, everybody, hey, we're, we're just going to play one seven-inning game, get everybody out of here. And, you know, Craig just wouldn't lose. Uh, BT and, and Tiki's team, I was on their team, we we absolutely smoked them. Uh, CeeLo, he could he could pick it a little bit. I could see some baseball in CeeLo. Uh, definitely Sal, too, with the glove. A couple other guys out there. Tiki made the most ridiculous catch I've ever seen uh, for any level, I don't know what Tiki was thinking out there, diving like that to make the play he made. He was in center. I was in in left field. I see the ball. I'm thinking neither one of us are going to get to it. Tiki goes Superman diving for it. I'm like, this This is why we're looking at a, a Hall of Fame running back, even though Tiki's getting up there in age. Like, this is why this guy was what he was in the NFL. Let's go to Harry on Staten Island. What's up, Harry? You got it. Hey, Keith. Uh I haven't spoken to you in a while. Love your show. Uh, just got a quick take on uh, the Yankees. Okay. Um, I agree with you, and I disagree with you on a lot of things that you say. Do you actually think that the Yankees have a chance to make the playoffs this year? 
looking at their roster right now? Of course. They they missed really? the playoffs. So like, well, let's go back the last few years. Like they made they've made the playoffs. Not just made the playoffs. They they've gotten to the ALCS in 2022, 2019, 2017. Like they, I I know we we're, we're all still thinking about 82 wins, 82 wins. Most of those guys that contributed to those 82 wins are not on the team. I don't know. I just don't see it. I mean, I, we have a lot yeah, of and that's why players. that's why you're gonna have so much fun watching the Yankees this year. Because if you can't see it right now and it starts to materialize, it's gonna start to build. It's gonna feel better. I just don't see any way that these guys lay down. I don't see any way that these guys get smacked. I don't see any way that these guys go scoreless for multiple innings like I watched last year. It was lifeless in there. It was dead in there. So many. Remember, I used to get on the fan and be like, they turn the back of the rotation guys into Nolan Ryan. You, you got a guy in the back of your rotation that you want to look like an ace? Start him against the Yankees. There were absolute scrubs that we never heard of that were going six, seven innings against the Yankees. That's not happening this year. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I disagree with you. But, hey, we have a disagreement. Right, hey, that's perfectly fine. Thanks for the call and the kind words, Harry. The greatest rivalry in baseball is Yankee fans versus other Yankee fans. We'll never agree on anything. Aaron Boone sucks. Oh, Aaron Boone's not bad. Oh, man, you shouldn't have paid Judge that much. You pay Judge whatever it costs. Oh, we're going to retain Juan Soto. You're crazy. Juan Soto's one and done. It's only going to be one year. Shout out to the Devils. They just took the lead 2-1. I could go all in on. Oh, it's fine to have names on the back of the jerseys. No way. Don't ever get a name with the back. Of, like, stupid stuff that Yankee fans argue about. <laughs> Alex Roy, I, I'm, I'm not an A-Rod guy. I was a Jeter guy. I'm a Jeter guy, not an A-Rod guy. Why not be both? Why not be both? You can be both. Bobby's in Belmore. What's up, Bobby? You're on the fan. Yeah, hi. How are you? Uh, before I get to the playoffs quickly, uh, the Honey Yankees. You know, I, I know I said 140 innings. He hasn't pitched Roman in the last two years. He had an 8 ERA the last seven start, 11 starts last year. He so I mean, yes. <laughs> he, he, he came back and tried to gut it out hurt. He just said well, in his press conference he's perfect. He's full health now. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, he'll stay, you know, healthy. But he's, he hasn't pitched a lot the last couple of years. Now, speaking of, you know, the, the Yankee opponents. I mean, you heard about Josh Hader's going to the Astros, right? Of course, I've been talking thing. about it all night. <clears throat> okay, me. I'm sorry, I just got home. Um, but uh, I mean, with that short right field porch, do you think they're going to have a chance to be? Forget the Rangers, the Astros. I mean, they have a no Presley and him as a duo as the eighth and ninth inning guy, and uh, the Yankees better. You know, the Yankees better be uh, leading in those games if they do meet in the playoffs. We open up gonna... the we open up the 2024 season in Houston. I I honestly want to go. I've never been to Minute Maid Park. That's a ballpark I got to scratch off. I think I've got like 14 ballparks to go. I, I would love to go to that game. I don't fear the Houston yeah. Astros. I want to face them. I want well, to knock the... them off. When the Yankees went there with Jason Dominguez last year, they swept them. Well, yeah, I understand that, but. Uh... You know, you know, Jason Dominguez, you know, I mean, I think a reason, one of the reasons why he did get hurt, a 20-year-old, doesn't make sense to hit us, you know, tearing his elbow up. is because they was teaching the minor leagues to hit the home run. All these guys that, you know, they teach to hit the home runs. I mean, look at Volpe. He, I mean, he should be hitting 260, 270, not 200. I'd rather have him hit 260, 270. Maybe he will. Last year was run. his rookie year. He turned 22 years old. It was his first but year facing major league pitching. They're teaching all these guys for the upper cup swing, and this is how Dominguez got hurt. And it, this is what they're doing. I, in the I think league. Dominguez is a strong kid. He's got a lot of torque. He swings the bat hard. He's a switch hitter. 
uh, it was something that was probably bound to happen. Just well, twenty years. I just you know. But anyway, let me get to the playoffs. I want to get your uh, your uh, opinion. Uh, you know, the Chiefs have been very lucky. They faced Miami's defense has mm-hmm. been decimated by injuries, and now they go against Buffalo's defense has even more decimated by injuries. I heard yeah. they've had five starters and three backups that are hurt. Yeah, and, and uh, linebackers, and, DBs. Yep. I mean, I know the receivers and Kelsey's old, and you know, looks old, and you know, I mean, what do you think? Who do you think is going to win that game? The Buffalo Bills. Yep, I just was talking to Charles Davis about it. I think the Bills know that it finally fell in their favor where they host the Chiefs. They don't have to go to Arrowhead, and uh, the Chiefs have, have had a down year. The, but, the, without, but without those line, but they have no linebackers. All their linebackers are hurt. I think Mahomes is going to score, score points. Yeah, just got to outscore them. I think Josh Allen's going to put up points. I think Josh Allen's going to run the ball. He's going to throw to his tight ends, receivers. Uh, when that guy gets in the red zone, he doesn't miss. I think they're prepared for a shootout. If it comes to that, I think Josh Allen and those guys edge him out. Uh, do you think uh, Stroud and uh, Love have a shot in those number one seeds? I, I, I think, think I think Stroud more than than Love. I I just think that you know the Dallas Cowboys were fraudulent. That Dallas Cowboys defense is not what we all thought it was. Um, well, when we're talking about linebackers, they had an undersized linebacker in there. They're now they're well, the next week they're facing. A two-headed monster uh, no. and Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, two two of the best linebackers. is is going to be a way different game. And they got Young and Bosa, Bosa too. But but uh, I I but Purdy makes a couple of turnovers like he did against the Ravens. I could see this being a close game. I mean, Purdy doesn't make turn doesn't yeah. throw the ball. If anybody away. turns the ball over in the playoffs, that's a recipe for a disaster. Thanks for the call, Bobby. I mean, look at Joe Flacco. Look at Dak Prescott. You you throw the other team the ball, you're 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 not going to survive. Not in a one and, and done not in a single-game elimination, you give the other team chances to score on defense, you're done. You're cooked. All right, we got to break it down. Yankee fans, I'm going to bring in right now Gary Phillips, who writes for the New York Daily News covering the Yankees. I'm probably going to link with him in Tampa. We were talking about the Yankees, and I just want you to have a conversation with a reporter that obviously is looking at the team, covering the team, and has a different vantage point of the team that's not a fan, right? Because I know a lot of people listening to me, similar to BT, like I said last uh, yesterday, I'm listening to the show. They're like, "Oh, uh, BT, you're a Yankee homer, Yankee boy, like Keith McPherson and Michael K." Yeah, so be it. So be it. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Be right back. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, yeah. That Yankee Stadium vibe. Joining me right now. I appreciate this guy reaching out. I followed him online. I don't know when I started following him online, but he does great work. And uh, I think we'll make this more often, uh, an occasion more often. Yankees beat writer from the New York Daily News. It's Gary Phillips, first time on the fan with me. What's up, Gary? How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing pretty great, Keith. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, Looking forward to talking to Yankees baseball right now. Yeah, so before we get to the Yankees, I actually had in my notes to mention this, and I saw you were tweeting about this earlier, the um, layoffs at Sports Illustrated. 
it's kind of crazy to just think about. You know, something I, I say a lot is evolve or dissolve. And, you know, I've talked about my own experience. I mean, I've talked about the station, right? WFAN's been around since 1987. And uh, with the news of our program director leaving this week, there was a lot of chatter. But the station has evolved and is going to continue to evolve into the future um, I worked at MTV, and I remember when I worked at MTV, they didn't really want to embrace social media and the digital aspect of taking their linear television content and putting it online. And, you know, MTV was a cultural icon for a while, and now nobody's really checking for MTV. So uh, I think back to being a kid and having Sports Illustrated for kids, and then when I got a little bit older, getting the actual Sports Illustrated and, you know, cutting out posters and um, you know, hanging uh, different athletes on my wall, and it's crazy. I saw that news report today. I wanted to speak with you a little bit about that first before we get into the Yankee conversation. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, and I kind of had the same childhood, you know, always racing to my mailbox, first for SI Kids, then for Sports Illustrated. I would put the posters up on my wall. I would cut out the little bit trading cards that they had yeah. SI for kids, and so many amazing talented writers have come through there and we're still there despite everything that this ownership group was trying to do over the last few years to really sabotage an institution and an incredible legacy brand. I mean, the amount of either evil and or incompetence that you have to be to ruin something like that, something that should just be a money-making machine. And, you know, as I did evolve, it did adapt over time with SI, you know, digital, and more and more just diversity in its content. But you have an ownership group that's trying to squeeze every last penny out of a brand until nothing is left. And then they just move on. And unfortunately, in the media landscape, it's not just SI, it's all over the place. You know, I sent out a tweet also saying, you know, one of the reasons that I took my job, which I started last year, is because I don't know how many more years jobs like this are going to exist. Right. I wanted to make sure I gave it a shot while I still can, and I'm so thankful that I did. So it's a really sad you know, time for sports media, media in general, and I feel for the people that are getting laid off and you know, people in the past that have gotten laid off at SI and you know, fought for an institution that they loved and just had to deal with an ownership group that doesn't feel the same way, sadly. Yeah, we've seen with layoffs at like ESPN and some other places that uh, the sports community, they kind of band together and people get on LinkedIn and, you know, their contacts will try and, uh, you know, help those folks find work elsewhere. A lot of folks have gone to The Athletic and, um, you know, different local papers and stuff. So, I mean, I, I hope that, you know, most of those people that got laid off from SI land on their feet. Now, let's shift to an article you wrote about Marcus Stroman, obviously, this week. Marcus Stroman was announced. We had the media availability over Zoom. Uh, he was at Madison Square Garden watching the Knicks. He's a New Yorker. And there was a lot of Yankee fans talking about the signing of Marcus Stroman. Some unhappy. Some said absolutely not. But, uh, you know, all in all, if him and Brian Cashman could let bygones be bygones, squash their beef, it's a business. The Yankees needed pitching, and this guy has wanted to be a Yankee. I know that you wrote... Um, about some of, of the former failed Yankees like Sonny Gray or Joey Gallo. Um, how do you think it's going to go with Marcus Stroman? you think he's going to have success here, or do you think he's going to potentially fail? Well, I'll tell you what. Marcus Stroman certainly thinks he's going to have success here, and he's basing that on the pressure that comes with New York, the bright lights, 
know, the fan expectations that are so high. He had a you know, bunch of quotes yesterday kind of basically saying, you know, that kind of stuff makes him better and makes him more locked in and that he lives for those kind of moments. So he's certainly confident in his ability to handle the pressure. Brian Cashman said that in the Yankees vetting process, that was something that kept coming back to them over and over again, that this guy is going to be able to handle the bright lights. Now, only time will tell if that's the truth. You know, a lot of players have come in and said they can't wait for the pressure and they can't wait for the weight of the pinstripes and the fans and the stadium and all that. And, you know, Things haven't gone as they had hoped or the Yankees had hoped. Strowman certainly seems confident, and I don't think it hurts that he grew up in the area. He's already pitched here in New York, albeit in Queens. You know, he's got a little bit of a feel and the right kind of swagger for this type of thing. So I think there's a shot that this is a good match, as you know, unlikely as it may have seemed a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. The biggest thing for me is that he says he's healthy. Right. And there's a lot of talk about the rotation, and I'm part of the talk. We're relying on three guys who were not healthy for half the year last year. The first half of the year, Carlos Rodon was out, and uh, Nestor Cortez missed a lot of time. And obviously, Stroman, the second half of the year, was hurt. And, you know, he was an all star, and he was, you know, in the conversation for the NL Cy Young. Now, we saw a report that Carlos Rodon is in Tampa, and he's showing up early. There was a picture that his wife put on Instagram. He looked slimmed down. Uh, what are your thoughts about Carlos Rodon in the second year where everyone's saying this season hinges on him and his performance? What are you expecting out of Rodon in year two with the Yankees? I think things are going to go a lot better for him. I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be an all-star like he was in the two seasons before coming here to New York, but this is a talented pitcher. I don't think anybody's doubting that. Um, Matt Blake has talked about him you know, having a limited amount of time to get on the same page with the Yankees last offseason because of his free agency, then the injuries in spring training obviously you know, made that even more of an issue. You know, Brian Cashman kind of talked a little bit about the same thing yesterday, that you know, he's now been onboarded, so to speak, into the program. He's familiar with coaches, with the staff, and vice versa. They're also familiar with him. They know what to expect out of him. He knows what to expect out of everybody around him. I think things are going to go a lot better for him this year, so long as he stays healthy. And even when he is healthy, I think it would kind of be tough for him to be worse than he was last year when he was on the mound. We're talking Yanks right now with Gary Phillips from the New York Daily News. Uh, Gary, there's a bunch of guys that are down there early, and I think that's a good sign. I'm scrolling through your Twitter to get the list of names, but uh, I think the fact that guys live down there or want to be there, I know Nestor Cortez is another part of the rotation, a guy uh, that I just mentioned. Let's see. Yeah, I think you retweeted Justin Shackle. Shackle wrote that here's the Yankees who are working out at the team's minor league training and scouting complex in Tampa this week. Judge, Torres, Volpe, LeMayu, Wells, Rodon, Cortez, Loisaga, Cabrera, Dominguez. That's a solid group of guys that we expect to see contributing at the major league level. That shows me there is a sense of urgency that shows me that the Yankees do know that they need to bounce back this year and win some games. What are your thoughts about guys being there a month before pitchers and catchers have to report? Well, I think it's certainly a great sign and you know, good, good on those individuals if you know, that's what they feel they need to be doing. I'll also add that you know, just because a guy is not down there in Tampa doesn't mean he's not working, doesn't mean he's not preparing. A lot of these guys have their own offseason 
training programs, their own trainers, their own coaches that they like to work with. So I don't necessarily think, you know, it correlates, ooh, these guys are urgent and the rest of the team isn't, but I'm sure the Yankees like having those guys down there, especially Rodon, especially Cortez, um, after the injuries that they had last year. Oswaldo Cabrera is probably another guy that you know, they're happy to see putting all this effort into. He was playing in the Venezuelan Winter League as well this offseason. So it's a good sign. I do think in general, especially once we get to camp, you will see and hear about senses of urgency and the need to be better than last year. Brian Cashman talked a little bit about it yesterday and just, you know, being better than what they were and that it wasn't acceptable and that fans deserve better. So I think it's certainly on the team's mind. Absolutely. I feel like it's just like a, a mission statement. I think there's a clear company message that, hey, that was unacceptable last year. Our fans deserve better. We got to be better. We got to make up for it. I'm so excited to go to spring training. I've been saying on air, I'm just going through the motions until I get on my flight. I'm going down there the last week of games. I think the 20th through the 25th. When are you going down there to start covering the Yankees? So I will get down there on February 13th, the day before pitchers and catchers get going. And at some point, I will get a little bit of a break uh, in between. But as of right now, I'm booked for an entire spring training. I'll have to modify that at some point. And I'll be you know, flying out of Tampa to Houston to Arizona. So uh, quite a bit of time on the road at the back end of that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll definitely message you. I'm trying to link up with as many uh, you know, media members as well as fans. I just feel like this is a, a big year to like galvanize the fan base. I think this is a big year for people to get excited about, and I think the Yankees have done enough. Now, when I say they've done enough, I mean I'm content as of right now today. Could they do more? Sure. And Brian Cashman specifically said that they are going to look to do more, and they know that injuries can and will happen and they can improve the team until pencils down July 31st. So do you think there's a chance that they still make a trade or if there's like a Hector Neris signing, that could happen? I know everybody in Yankee land saw Josh Hader sign today, five years, $95 million with the Houston Astros and said, oh, we, we lost out on the guy. I, I never saw a report of the Yankees being in on the guy. I think the Yankees are pretty much all set. Do you feel like they're all set with this offseason, and do you think that they can make – I don't know, a spring training trade like they did for Jose Trevino a couple years back. As far as free agency goes, I'd be surprised to see another big splash. You know, they could add another piece to the bullpen. Wandy Peralta, mm-hmm. Keenan Milton, two guys who were around last year, they're still available. You know, Hector Neris has been rooming, Robert Stephenson. You know, there's you know, still a bunch of good, talented relievers who are out there um, that the Yankees could make a push for. I think fans also got to temper their expectations because the luxury tax payroll is already over $300 million right now. That's a franchise first. We've heard how Steinbrenner talk about how uh, he's not particularly a fan of that number, but desperate times call for desperate measures, right? I think if they're going to add a starting pitcher, my guess would be it's through trade. You know, I like, I talked a lot about Shane Bieber being a possibility. He's got a pre-existing good relationship with Matt Blake. The Guardians also have their financials kind of up in the air right now due to TV rights issues. That might be a name to watch, but as Cashman alluded to yesterday, it's not just the offseason. It's not just through spring training. The Yankees can make significant changes and upgrades through the trade deadline. So, I wouldn't be shocked if the roster that they have now is more or less what they roll into the season with, but you always see some minor moves and even bigger ones toward the end of spring when roster crunches start happening. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm cool with them not adding another uh, free agent, you know, for 200 plus million like a Blake Snell or trying to convince Jordan Montgomery to come back for 200 plus million. Uh, I also, you know, I don't feel like they missed out on Josh Hader. I'm just mindful of Juan Soto, right? Juan Soto is a Yankee. And after he has this entire experience of going through spring training and a Yankee season, his dad's a Yankee fan. I, I could tell as soon as he was traded, he embraced the fact that I'm a Yankee now. Goodbye to the Padres. Never was a national. I'm a Yankee now. He's posting on his social media. He changed his social media. I think the Yankees are mindful, mindful in the fact that this guy's going to cost a lot of money, right? Do you think that they already have an eye on next year? Obviously, you got to focus on this year and winning this year. But do you think financially they have an eye on retaining Juan Soto after 2024? I think it's going to cost them a lot of money, but I also don't think you trade for Juan Soto, and I don't think you trade what you did for him as far as the package um, without the idea or the understanding that you know there's going to be an expectation that they at least try to resign him. You know, maybe they don't. Maybe another bidder comes and offers more money. Maybe that bidder is in New York, you know, across town in Queens. Um, but I don't think you can trade for a guy, you know, who at the time of his free agency will be 26 on a Hall of Fame track. And, you know, it's just a generational superstar. I don't think you can trade for a guy like that without at least understanding, yeah, we, we got to make a run at him when he hits the open market. And yes, we know it's going to cost a lot. So it'll be interesting to see how he does in this first and possibly only season in the Bronx. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how he responds that when he goes through a struggle and maybe fans get, you know, a little vocal with him like they have with other stars in the past. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see and it's also gonna be something that's gonna hang over him and the team all year. So I'll be certainly writing a lot about him. Again, we're on the phone with Gary Phillips covering the Yankees for the New York Daily News. Gary, I need you to speak to something. This is something I've been speaking to the last couple days about 82 and 80 is not the norm, right? Maybe in Queens that's the norm. It's not the norm in the Bronx. Yeah, Paul, you heard what I said. As Yankee fans, we're not used to 82-win seasons. It's a one-off, and there were so many different things that I feel like Yankee fans are forgetting about last year that caused the team to lose so many games, not scoring runs, obviously injuries, mismanaging injuries. People forget, like, Domingo Herman's issues at the end of the year. Luis Severino couldn't get right, then he was hurt. Obviously, Aaron Judge ran into the wall. Rizzo was concussed. Anthony Volpe was a rookie that we were depending on. Uh, they fired the hitting coach. They hired a hitting coach from MLB Network. Shout out to the mayor, Sean Casey. I'll see you in a bit. But I, I need you to speak to covering a team daily and understanding that Year-to-year, in baseball specifically, no two years are alike. And even though Yankee fans are fearful of the Baltimore Orioles or the Houston Astros or the Tampa Bay Rays, Toronto Blue Jays, they got to show up too. And I think the Yankees have done enough to improve this team on the field but also shake up the clubhouse with the personalities where there's a lot of competitive juices that are going to be flowing with the different guys that they've brought in. Can you just speak to the fact that nobody knows what's going to happen but, like, this is a brand-new season, and 82-80 and 80 happening again is very unlikely unless everything goes wrong. See, I'm glad you brought up the rest of the division because I agree with you. The idea that they're going to go 82-80 and 80 and, you know, hover around 500, to me, seems far-fetched, not only because of the moves that they've made this offseason, but also because, like you said, just so much went wrong last year. Injuries, off-the-field distractions, you name it, the Yankees dealt with it last year. That said, 
the way the division is and, and the way the, you know, Blue Jays are talented. The Rays are talented. The Orioles are very that talented. Now, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they're a fourth place team again. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they return to first place in the top of division. Now, I think the first four slots in the division between those four teams can go any number of ways. It's a really competitive division. Um, it's a division where you know, the Orioles, particularly at the top, have a lot of young talent, talent that you know, was at the major league level last year and is going to get presumably better this year. And then they also still have a very deep farm system where – you know, if it comes down to a bidding war for a Dylan Cease or a Corbin Burns or you know whoever you want to throw out there, you know, the Orioles have the farm system to outbid just about everybody, not just the Yankees. So I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic to follow. And I do think, though, that the Yankees will you know, pull their weight a little bit more in the division this year when it comes to this rock fight. Yeah, and you know what? That's why we watch, and that's why there's so many fans, and that's why you write your articles, and I host my shows, and there's so much attention around this. I can't wait to see what happens. Gary, thanks for joining us tonight. I'll be in touch. I appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks for having me on and looking forward to doing it again. Once again, that's Gary Phillips from the New York Daily News. Go follow him on Twitter. I've been retweeting him. You'll find his Twitter at Gary H. Phillips. And I plan on having him back on the fan. I'll probably link with him and some of the other reporters down there in spring training, at spring training. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.